There's a world that's lost and dying And people that are trying To find a life and live it on their own But how will they hear If we don't go and share A new life of love in Christ alone We have a soul purpose A soul purpose A purpose to please our Lord There are people to speak to and souls to rescue, a witness to our loving Lord. We're a witness to our loving Lord. The Lord said, go and tell them of a mansion up in heaven. It's a place prepared for you and for me. Don't live a life of fear, just hold that promise dear, that Jesus up in heaven we shall see. A soul purpose, a purpose to please our Lord. And there are people to speak to, and souls to rescue, a witness to our loving Lord. We're a witness to our loving Lord. We have a soul purpose, a soul purpose, a purpose to please our Lord. People to speak to and souls to rescue, a witness to our loving Lord. We're a witness to our loving Lord. Well, praise the Lord, uh, soul purpose, and that's our theme this year, and uh, we appreciate that song, and boy, just uh, perfect, perfect for our theme this year. Well, uh, this is our last evening with Brother Autry, and so without further ado, you know him, I know him, and we've certainly thanked the Lord for getting an opportunity to get to know him, and uh, he's been a blessing, uh, and honestly, tremendous insights into missions and just the gospel and the truth of the Word of God getting spread around the world, just a wealth of information, and doing the work, not just talking about it, but doing it, and that's what it's all about, be doers, not hearers only. And so he's going to come and preach the Word of God to us again this evening. And uh, make sure you let him know tonight before he leaves how much you appreciated what he's done and how God's used him. God bless you, brother. All right. Well, I'm, I want to let everybody know how much appreciate the way you all have cared for us this week and taken care of us and the meals. Uh, have been great and uh, very appreciative of that. And haven't been able to dive into the desserts too much because I'm, I'm trying to be careful about that kind of thing with sugar and all, but uh, I sure have been tempted. <laughs> I sure have been tempted, especially tonight. Cheesecake is one of my favorite things. I don't know how. I don't know how I sit there and got through that. Through that. Now I got a piece of cheesecake, but I did somehow. But uh, uh, I want you to know I, I appreciate your pastor. He, he has been uh, so gracious and kind and, and just encouraging me this week. And, and I appreciate the, the whole staff of the, the church. It's just a real blessing to be around so many good people and, and see what God's doing here. And then, uh, and then the Spanish ministry. Well, uh, I love Spanish ministry. So, I mean, that's right up, right up my alley. And, and so... Uh, it's exciting to see y'all here tonight, and uh, and also, but open your Bibles to Matthew 15. Matthew 15, 
And uh, have you ever had to, have you ever had to yawn and, and you can't, can't quite yawn? And, you, and you keep, you, you're wanting to yawn and you, you keep trying and it's like, it just bugs you, but you can't get it out. And then finally, all of a sudden, you can really yawn. And when you do, it feels good. You ever, you ever had that happen? I'm not the only one, right? But I want you to think about what I'm going to talk to you tonight. I want, to, I want you to think about it in that sense. That, that it's something that maybe you're in the process of, but maybe you just haven't quite been able to get it. And then all of a sudden, you just get it. Amen? And so I want, to, I, want to, I want to share something with you tonight about what is your personal mission. What is your personal mission? Now, I want to, I want to keep this in, 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 in lieu, because we see, see your calling. Okay? See your calling. And I want you to see that it's very important that you have a personal mission. And you say, well, uh, uh, I have a mission. Well, some people have a mission, and, and they get it mixed into the world and, and the responsibilities we have in the world, and, and they don't realize that God wants us to have a personal mission with him, personal one. Now, what should be consistent in your mission? Just a couple of thoughts, then we're going to read, read a text of Scripture. Your pastor has a vision. And his vision uh, for the church encompasses the mission that you're to accomplish. And so when you are developing uh, a personalized mission with the Lord, you have to keep in mind that the Lord has given you a pastor to, to put forth a mission. It's to be completed as a church. So your personal mission should include the mission and vision that God has put inside the pastor. Amen? Does that make sense? And so, so we need to have a personal mission, but when we're praying and we, ha and we come up with what, what God wants me to do and how he wants me to do it, it needs to be incorporated into the vision and mission that God has given the pastor and the church. Amen. I hope all that makes sense. That's just like introduction. Amen. Well, now let's read some, 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 some scripture tonight. Matthew chapter 15. And we're going to be reading uh, in verse 21 down through 28. Then Jesus went hence and departed to the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Cana came out of the same coast. And she cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And he answered her, Not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, 
It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Father, help me tonight to share your word. Help us to receive the things that you have for us each day of our lives, Lord. Encourage us. We, we need your presence. We need to feel that you're leading and guiding each step each day. I pray, Lord, you will empower us. Help us to always walk uh, in the mind that you have set forth. And help us to always accomplish the, the, the mission that you've given us in this life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, tonight, I want to I ask you, you know, what is your mission? What is your personal mission with the Lord? You say, well, I've never thought about that. Maybe you, maybe you don't have one yet. Maybe you're just going through the motions and you're, you're just moving through life and you've never really considered, uh, what is my mission for the Lord? What does the Lord want from me? What do I need to be doing for the Lord? So, so I'm asking you a question tonight. What is your mission? Uh, and how committed, if you know what your mission is, how committed are you to the mission? Uh, is, is there things that could happen that derail you completely from ever accomplishing the mission that God has given you? Or can you, can you be inconvenienced to the point that you fail at the mission of, of, of your life that God has given you to do? But I tell you tonight, everybody has a mission. And you, if you don't realize it when we get to heaven, you're going to get an accounting of what you did or did not do. So we all have a mission. And so I want you to think about that tonight. What is my personal mission for the Lord that I need to be accomplishing in this life he has given me? And, and what do I need to be getting done? And I want to share with you uh, one person's mission, this lady, this Canaanite woman. I want to share with you the mission that she had. And I want to share four thoughts about her mission. Now, your mission may not be like hers. But every mission should take in consideration our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. Everybody's mission should include those four things because why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ gave it to us in Acts chapter 1. And it has all of our mission. There were many people there that day when he went up to be, the, be with the Lord. And he made it clear that we have a mission. And he said, and he said we will have power. So our mission has to have his power. So let's, let's start looking at this mission. This woman, let's get the setting. She has a daughter. And her daughter has a, a very big issue. And she hears that Jesus Christ is in the coast where she's at. And when she hears about Jesus, she moves herself from where she's at to find him where he's at on the coast because she needs an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And the reason she needs an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ is because she realizes that there is no way possible, it would be impossible, to handle the situation that she's facing without the power of the Son of God. And so here we come in this verse, verse 22, and we find that the Canaanite woman has found Jesus Christ. The first thing I want you to see about her mission is uh, her mission was to change a life. Her mission was to, she was totally consumed with her mission, and her mission was to change a life. To change a life. Uh, Listen to the verse here. And behold, a woman of Cana came out from the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. So her mission is her daughter. And she wants her daughter's life to be changed. Her her daughter's life is is, uh, in control of Satan. And there's no hope for her daughter unless she can get the power of Jesus Christ to remove the devil from her daughter. Let me tell you something. All, all, all of the wayside. All of the wayside are in the chains of the devil. Every one of them. Every one of them need to encounter our Lord Jesus Christ. And someone has to be willing to intercede on their behalf. And what if, like this woman, if we was to concentrate and focus on one. Just on one. What if everybody that's here, apart from all the other things that you have to do, because, I mean, you've got, you got to be involved in the church. You've got to be involved in, 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 in uh, uh, soul winning. You've got to be involved in the bus ministry or whatever other ministries that have the church. You've got to be involved in all that. But what if we all, we all f- focused own one. And what if we were uh, seeking out the favor of our Lord Jesus Christ for the one, just like this lady was after the Lord Jesus Christ for the sake of her daughter's life. A mission to change a life. What if we would travel to wherever we need to travel, go to whatever extent was necessary. What if We would intercede, uh, confront Satan, and go to the master on the behalf of one. You know what happens when you get one? Anybody know what happens when you get one? You find another. (laughs) Next thing you know, it's not one on your list. You're interceding on the behalf of three and four and five and six. Because you have got through with one, and now you find out, hey, it's not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Let me go after the second one. And, and, and oh, I have a third one over here. I need to be working on that one also. And, you, and it just grows. Just grows. You see, I've heard people say, well, you know, this person's a soul winner. I think we're all soul winners. Some people are better at it than others, but I just think we're all soul winners. 
This woman had a mission, and the mission was is that she would see her daughter's life change. And so she's, she's come down to Jesus, and she's, she's found Jesus, and, and she's told him, that, hey, my daughter, she's vexed. She's suffering. Uh, I need some mercy. I need some help. Would you help me, Lord Jesus? Her mission was to change a life. Her mission was to make a difference in somebody's life. What if in our mission for serving the Lord, if we were like this woman right here, and that we were so committed to seeing that one life change? Just one. You know, if you were at our church, and you were standing at our church, I could start, and I could, I could point to this one over here, and I could tell you when, when I ran into that one. And then I could go over here to this one, and I could tell you, oh, that one took me 12 years to bring to the Lord Jesus Christ. And this one took two years. And, and this, this 83-year-old man over here uh, came and sat in the, the pew for a whole year before I finally was able to lead him to the Lord and baptize him. And I could just walk through, and I, I could show you person after person after person that, that God put on my heart. I think we're all soul winners. We just got to get a deep concern for one so we can get to the second one and we can get to the third one and we can get to the fourth one. She had a mission and she said, Lord, she said, Lord, I need some help. I need some mercy. She said, Lord, I need your help to change my daughter's life. You see, she couldn't change her daughter's life. Because she was up against the devil. She didn't have the power to remove the devil. And you and I don't have the power to remove the sin. And we don't have the power to bring about the salvation in a person, but God does. He opens the heart. We need to intercede on the soul's behalf. Just the way this woman was after it with the Lord Jesus Christ, and she was looking for help. Look, look at uh, the second thing. The second thing here. Her mission was found to be without interest. Her mission was found to be without interest. Look what it says there. It says in verse 23, it says, But he answered her not a word. This woman came. She's, she's very concerned about her daughter. She's watching the suffering of her daughter. And, and, and the, the, the need of her daughter is overwhelming for her. And, and she puts it out there on there and she says, Lord, I need your help. My daughter is vexed by a devil. And Jesus didn't answer her a word. Her mission was without interest. And I promise you, there's going to be times when you're fighting uh, for, for, for the battle for a soul. And, and there's, going to be some, there's going to be some difficulty and there's going to be some things that, that seem to be happening and coming against your efforts. And, and, and you're going to be needing some power and some help from the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe it's not going to come when you think it should be there. Maybe you'll be like this lady saying, well, oh, I can't believe uh, I haven't heard an answer. I haven't heard a direction. I haven't heard anything yet. I think what happened was this woman, she got to think, she said, well, maybe I'm, 
Maybe I went to the, maybe I, Jesus doesn't take care of this. this. This might be something he didn't take care of because we notice here in this verse, she took off, she found the disciples. Look what it says there. It says, and his disciples came and besought him saying, send her away. For she cried after us. <laughs> she went to the disciples. She was doing, she said, listen, you guys, well, I need some help. Jesus is not answering me, so apparently he wants you guys to help me and take care of this. I need some help. I need you to hear the need of my daughter and do what it takes to get my daughter freed from this devil because she's vexed. She's suffering. And I need some help. And the disciples, instead of giving her words of comfort or direction, they go to Jesus. And they say, hey, Jesus, could you send her away? Because she's crying after us. Jesus, uh, you didn't take an interest. And, and so we are assuming that this is not something that can be handled or that we're not supposed to be handling. And so we need you to help us out because she is really getting on our nerves and we need you to send her away. Isn't that what they said to her? They said to Jesus, send her away. <laughs> she, you need to tell her to go away. Right? Right? Just like when the blind beggar was calling and he's asking for help and, 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 and some of the multitude told him he need to be quiet. Sometimes we do not get the encouragement or the help we need to accomplish our mission at the time that we think we should be getting answers. Sometimes, sometimes there'll be no answer. Sometimes there's a reason why we have to wait. Look what it says there in verse 24. But Jesus answers his disciples. He says, but he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house. Oh, there Jesus explains himself. Jesus said, this woman is a Canaanite. And the mission that I have right now is to the Jew. It is not to the Canaanite. It's not to the Gentile. It's to the Jew. And so what I have to offer, she's not eligible for this right now. I'm supposed to be here. I'm ministering to the Jews. You know, Jesus had a mission. And she had a mission. And he declares his mission. And his mission was to the Jewish people. Her mission was found to be without interest. She had a mission to change a life. But her mission was found to be without interest. The, second, the third thing I want you to see here is her mission needed help. Her mission needed help. You see, there's one thing the woman knew for sure. That if Jesus would not intervene on the behalf of her daughter, her mission was finished. She knew that without the power of Jesus Christ, her mission would not be able to take place because the only way that her daughter was going to be normal is that the power of God confronted the devil that was in her daughter. And I tell you that when we're trying to look for someone that, that God has put into our heart to bring them to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we cannot do it through our power. Only God can break. Only God 
can break the stronghold of Satan over a soul. We don't have that power. And we need to intercede for his power. We want to see people saved and lives changed. We need to be like this woman. We need to say, Lord, I need help. So this, this lady, she realizes something has to change. My mission needs help. Without Jesus, it's impossible. And so it says here in verse 25, Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Wow. What a transformation in her approach to the Lord Jesus Christ. The first time she came to Jesus, she was very quick to call him the Son of God and Lord. And let him know that she knew who he was. And she got right to the point with Jesus. She said, my daughter... My daughter, Lord, my daughter. But notice what she does right here. The Bible says right here that when she came, she worshiped him. You know what this woman realized? She couldn't help her daughter until she got help. She needed help first. She came and she worshipped him. And she's worshipping him. And she says, Lord, help me. Lord, give me the insight. Give me the the willingness to accept your answer, even if I don't like it. If if she's going to be this way, just, just help me, Lord, to accept your decision about my daughter. Help me. She said to the Lord, help me. Now, something I learned a long time ago, a very important lesson I learned, it is hard to bring people to the feet of Jesus if you are not first at his feet. If you want to see lives change, if you want to see people get saved, if you want to see things happen, you got to first get at his feet. And when you get at his feet, you tap his power, his influence, his ability to help you with the right words. You tap his desire for that lost soul. You tap... Jesus to confront Satan. To help you overcome the obstacles. You see, we tap that power. She needed the power of Jesus to change her daughter's life. I'm telling you right now, if we will accomplish the mission that God has given us in this life, we will need his power. Because we do not have his power. We got to tap his power. We got to get him to be involved with what we're doing. We got to get at his feet. When we get at his feet, things change. And and so she she tells him, "Lord, help me." Her mission needed help. But look at verse twenty six. I've read this so many times, but I never saw it the way I saw it recently. 
It says, but he answered and said, now at least she's got Jesus' attention. He's talking to her. He answered her, he, he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Now, I, I thought about this for a while. <laughs> this poor woman, she, she's gone to Jesus already. And, and then she went to the disciples and she was turned away by both times the disciples and Jesus. Then she comes to Jesus again. She's worshiping him and she's asking him to help her. And, and Jesus' answer to her is, he says, he says very clearly, it is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. It's not right for me to give to you no matter how great the mission is for your daughter. It's just not right for me to take what belongs to Israel, and to give it to the Gentile. You say, well, he called her a dog in the word of God there. Yeah, because back then, uh, many times Gentiles were referred to as dogs <laughs> so, by the Jews. It wasn't uncommon that he might say that. Here, today, if you, if you call somebody a dog, you might get put in jail or something. I don't know, but... But back in Jesus' day, you could call a Gentile dog if you were a Jew, and everybody knew what you were saying. I remember, I remember uh, being in Tampa, Florida, and uh, we had our granddaughter, and we were going out, and, and Miss Chona had some errands to run, and uh, we were taking Haven with us. She was five years old. And when Haven got buckled in in the back and I closed the door and got in, cranked up the car, we're all ready to go. And uh, Haven speaks up. She said, Papa, you know what? I said, no, Haven, what? She said, I love McDonald's. <laughs> I said, Haven, you love McDonald's? She said, I... Papa, I love McDonald's. I said, uh, oh, do you want to go to McDonald's? She said, yes, Papa, I want to go to McDonald's. I said, okay, I'll take you to McDonald's. I said, but first, we have to take Lola to the store because she got to get some things. After we get done with the errands that Lola has to take care of, that's what we call uh, uh, Miss Chona, we call her Lola. That's, that's, that's Grandma in, in Tagalog. And so I said, when we get done, we take you to McDonald's. And she's back there, and she's making all kinds of noise, and she's all excited. And, uh, and I put the car in reverse, and I'm backing up. And before I could even get the car in drive, Haven said, uh, Papa. I said, yes, Haven. She said, do you know how to get to McDonald's? I said, yes, Haven. I got a phone. I said, I just ask it where McDonald's is and it'll tell me how to get to McDonald's. I said, don't worry, I, I'm going to take you to McDonald's. I promise you, I'm going to take you to McDonald's. Well, we drove down, got to the exit of the apartment complex. I'm fixing to make a right turn and Haven, again, speaks up. And she said, Papa, are we almost to McDonald's? I said, Haven, I told you we got to run errands first, and then we're going to McDonald's. We've got to run some errands. Oh, okay, okay. Well, we got down about a half mile to the first red light, and Haven spoke up one more time. 
She said, Papa, you promised you're going to take me to McDonald's. I looked at Chona. I said, we got to take the girl to McDonald's right now. I said, errands later, McDonald's right now. That's where we're going to McDonald's. We, we run the errands later, but we're going to McDonald's right now. She said, okay, okay, let's, let's do it. So we took Haven, and we went to McDonald's. When we got to McDonald's, there was a man who had a big duffel bag, and he was sitting at the door as we went into McDonald's. And uh, uh, I wasn't sure what to think about that. Because I wasn't sure where he was from. And uh, we went in, I got the food, and then he came in and he sat at the table right there where, where all the ketchup and everything was. Salt and pepper, all that stuff, napkins. And I, I told my wife, I said, I said, I, I'm a little bit concerned about that guy. And uh, so I got up and I acted like I was getting ketchup and, and different things and I was looking over inside his bag. He had shoes, pants, clothes. I walked over to the table. I said, I said, Jonah, I said, that man is, is homeless. I said, uh, I need $20. She said, you need $20? I said, yeah, I need $20. Give me $20. My wife always has money. I might not have a dime, but she had money. But I had a $10 bill, and she, she gave me $20. So I went up, I ordered him. A double cheese quarter pounder, the largest fry they had, the, uh, a large Coke, and an apple pie. And I, I went over to the table, and I got, I got a track, and I put the $10 inside the track, and I laid it there, and I took the tray over to it, and I set it in front of him, and I said, I said, sir, could, when you finish eating, could you please read that? And I went over and sat down. And he took the tray and he slid the tray across on the other side of the table. And he reached down and he picked up the track. He opened it, took the $10 bill out, laid it on the tray, and he began to read. And he read. And he read. And finally he closed the track and was on the back page. I told my wife, I said, I'm going over there. And I went over there and I said, sir, I said, do you, do you understand what you're reading there? And he looked at me and he said, yes, I understand. And I realized he had a Latino accent. And I said, uh, what's your name? He said, Jose. I said, uh, Jose, where are you from? He said, Nicaragua. I said, wow. I said, this is what I said to him. I said, Jose, hoy es un día muy especial. Okay, hoy tú y yo tenemos una cita divina con Dios. Mío es que Dios va a ver si yo va a hacer que si yo voy a hacer que él dijo. Y suyo es para recibir a Jesucristo como su Salvador. I said, hey, Jose, we got a special day here. It's a divine appointment with God. For me, it's that God. It's seeing if I'll do what he told me to do. And I said, for you, it's to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And Jose got saved. Jose got saved. You see, it's sort of like this woman. She was not about to stop till she got what she needed. She kept on and on and on.
And that day was not about taking Haven to McDonald's. That day was because God used Haven to make sure I would get to that McDonald's. Because God had something that had to be done on that day. And that is our mission. That is your and my mission. Every single day, God has something that needs our attention. We have a mission. The last thing I want you to see here is her mission was fueled by unending faith. It was fueled by unending faith. Jesus said, it's not meat for me to give what belongs to the children of Israel to the dogs. Look what happens. Instead of her giving up, in verse 27, she answers him. She said, and she said, truth, Lord. She said, Lord, you're right. You're right. You, you have a responsibility. You are committed to the Jews. I understand. You're right, Lord. What, what you say is true, Lord. It's the truth. I'm a Gentile. And I'm undeserving of what belongs to the Jews. Yet, she says, yet, the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She said, Lord, I'm not a Jew. I'm a dog. But she said, I want you to know one thing. I am your dog. That's what she said. She said, Lord, I am not a Jew, and you're right. And I don't deserve what belongs to the Jews, and I don't want what belongs to the Jews. But I am your dog, and I do want what belongs to me as your dog. And that means I get the crumb. I get the crumb. You know, I'd rather be a dog of the Lord and get one well-intended crumb from his plate than the whole plate. Because one intended crumb from the master's plate does great things. It changes things. It makes things happen. I remember when we lived in a house, I think Brother Steve one time came over when we had a house, and we had a house, had a big wall around it, and we had a little problem because in the capital, we have big rats. Now, when I say big rats, I'm talking about big, big rats. I'm not exaggerating. In the Dominican Republic in Santo Domingo, the cats run from the rats. I mean, they won't mess with a rat. And uh, so cats, cats aren't any good, you know, unless it's a really small rat because the big rats, the cats will run from. But we had a dog named Rambo. And uh, Rambo was a Datsun. And, uh, and, and, and in the mornings, we let Rambo out. And when I'd go out to get him, uh, he, would bring, he would kill those rats. And he would bring them and lay them in the carport right where the door is. And he'd line them up. Now, he wouldn't eat one. But he was a rat killer. I mean, Rambo would take the rats out. He was a, he was a rat killer. 
And so Rambo had a job. And he knew, he just felt like it's my job to remove the rats. Now, at supper time each night, we would go in to sit at the table, and the, the boys would sit down, Chona would sit here on this side, and, and I, uh, Rambo had a custom of coming to my side. And, and when Miss Chona would be sitting down, she said, Rambo, go get in your bed. So he would go get in his bed that was just around the corner of the dining room. But the entire time, I could see him peeking around the corner. And he would be waiting for Miss Chona to sit down. And as soon as she would sit down, he would creep in. He'd get right beside my chair, and he'd go up on his hind legs, and he'd put his hands like this. And he would sit there, and he would look at me, and I'd start cutting. And Chona would be talking to the boys, and I'd be cutting. And when I'd see Chona was occupied, I'd just slide a piece off, slide it down to them, <laughs> and I'd give it to Rambo. He would get it, run around, get in his bed. He would eat it, and then he would come back. And the entire meal, the entire meal, Rambo got a very healthy portion of everything that I got to eat. And that's the way our life is. That's the way I, the way Rambo saw me. I was his master. And, and Jesus is our master. <laughs> and when Jesus sees us sitting there waiting for help, he just can't, he cannot contain himself. He, he, he has to help us. He finds a way to do that which normally he might not do when he sees us. She said, Lord, you're my master, and I am your dog. And Jesus answers that, and he says, he says, and then answered, Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thy, thou wilt. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. You know what happened there? This woman did not change the will of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is not what happened right there. Do you know what happened right there? Her will met the Lord's will. And when our Lord, His will, comes in contact with uh, what we desire to do, when we, when we reach to where He's at, and our will contacts his will, things happen. Things happen. Crumbs fall. Crumbs fall. How do you build, how do you build and train uh, over 60 men and start over 60 churches in a country? How do you do that? One crumb at a time. One crumb at a time. How do you bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ? And it seems like it takes a long time sometimes, but how do you bring them? You just keep after that one crumb that can change a life. What is our mission? Who is our mission? 
is there not one is there not one person that comes to your mind that that you could concentrate on that you could be like this woman that you you just keep being persistent no matter what she says no matter what she does no matter no matter no matter what the person does or says you just you just keep going back for more with a smile with the ears of Jesus, with the eyes of Jesus, with the healing power that only Jesus can give. Just one person interceding for one. One. Everybody can do that. Amen? What is our mission? Our mission is to find one. And many will follow. Thank you, Pastor. Everybody bow their heads. Pastor's coming. Maybe tonight you're thinking about one person right now that you need to start interceding for. Might be one person. You, you, you just say, this is my person. I already know who it is.